Welcome to the Grace Story Podcast, where inspiring stories are brought to life. This podcast is made possible by Grace College and Seminary, located on the shores of Winona Lake in the great state of Indiana. I'm your host, Dr. Drew Flam. This is the Grace Story Podcast. This week, I have with me Martin Sheely. Martin's from Hammond, Indiana. He's a junior business management and MBA student here at Grace College. Also plays on the basketball team and on the track and field team. So, Marty, welcome to the Grace Story Podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So what do you do with all your free time, having two majors and playing two sports? I mean, you just must be sitting around in your dorm room with nothing to do. Man, um, probably reading a book. Um, I'm reading this book called Crushing by T.D. Jakes, so I've been really like diving into that book or either reading the Bible, trying to just get some word in while I can. So I'm not really a big game person like I used to be, but I find my time just either taking a nap or reading. Or... So you do have a little bit of free time with oh, all you got going on. Some. Well, one of the things you do is you give basketball lessons to my three kids, um, and you just did that yesterday. So uh, any highlights from, from basketball with the Flam kids yesterday? Ah, uh, let's see. Okay, of course you got Bennett. Bennett the little one. He just ran off in the middle of the drill and just went and just did his own thing. and said, I want to do this own drill, Marty. I'm just like, okay. But, yeah, Bennett, he is just hilarious. He's the, he's the um, he tries to be the funny one. Sometimes <laughs> he takes it a little bit too far. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a great ministry opportunity you have with <laughs> my three kids, to say the least. So um, you're from uh, Hammond, Indiana, and one of the things that's really um, crucial to your story is an accident that happened in in high school, um, crucial to getting you to here to Grace College, but also just in your spiritual journey. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, well, um, you know, we, we was on our way to semi-state for basketball, uh, which is the game before the state finals. Um, if we would have won that game, we would have made it to the state finals. Um, and we was on our way to Lafayette Jefferson High School. And when we was, you know, on our way there, I was just about to take a nap. I had leaned my head over on the seat. And then next thing you know, you just feel a, a bump. It just felt like you hit like a like a pothole, mm. and um, but like a huge pothole. And then when I got up out my seat, I saw that we were facing the grass. Now, mind you, the high, I mean, the highway just had, you know, the lanes and the grass and the lane going back south i mean actually north um so when i saw that the front of the bus was facing the grass i knew something was wrong so then my teammate uh marcus was like everybody brace yourselves and mind you we didn't have any seat belts on or anything so the only brace that i really had was the chair in front of me um so all i can remember was just you know the bus flipping and i remember my body hitting the top of the ceiling and then after that i pretty much kind of like just blacked out um and i just remember you know, after after you know the bus ended up falling into a ditch, um, I just remember just not being able to breathe because I had about maybe about eight people on top of me because I was like caddy quarter in the, in the corner of the bus, so I just remember kind of like just screaming f- for help and for air, but I couldn't because I mean it was so many people on top of me. So my my knee wasn't the problem at first; it was more so me trying to get some air because mm-hmm. I couldn't breathe. So um, they ended up, you know, using uh, like some like almost like the jaws like to yeah. kind of like get me out of the bus because um, I was the last one off the bus. And they come to find out I couldn't walk, and then that's how I found out that you know I tore my ACL. So wow. So you talk about how that was, you know, one of those kind of life flashes 
before your mind moments and really got you thinking about your spiritual journey. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I could just remember, um, you know, before like I braced myself, um, I, for the slightest second, I kind of like questioned like, like, God, why is this about to happen? Like, it was just like a, a like a slight thought. Um, and then when the bus began to flip and I, after like my body hit, you know, the top of the ceiling, all I can remember just thinking to myself was like, God, I'm sorry for everything I've done. Cause I thought that, you know, that was it for me. Um, and I didn't want to, you know, of course go to hell. So I want to be, have a clean slate. And it's crazy how you think about, you know, stuff like that. And you imagine like, what would you do in a midlife crisis or, you know, when your, your life is on the line. But that was literally the first thing that came to my head was, you know, like I want to be right with God before I pass away. Cause I, I thought that that was it for me. Um, just because just, I mean, the likes of you surviving a bus flipping three times is slim to none. So that was the biggest thing was my faith in the midst of that crisis. So I think that's what got me through. So, And you said no one was uh, killed on that bus crash. In fact, you got the most significant of of anyone on that, that bus. I mean, various lacerations and all sorts of stuff, including the ACL, which – um, put a dent into your basketball and track career for a little bit. So hey, it wasn't just a moment. You then had to deal with that suffering for a while. Tell tell me how you processed that and even then coming to grace and, and how that led you here. Yeah, I mean, I took a lot of losses um, because of those injuries. Um, but I think the biggest thing was, you know, like my leg. At first it was a hyperextension. That's what they thought it was until I got an MRI. So that's why I was able to play that game because – Oh, it's on my so you guys had that game a yes. couple of days later or something? It was three days later after the accident. Yeah, three days later after wow. the accident. Because everything was based off of us. Like, they had to, like, stop the other games because, you know, we, get, we didn't get to play that day. Um, so they waited till Tuesday. Um, and, you know, we of course, we tried to press the wait another Saturday. But just because ISSA, you know, they got the ways they want to do things, we couldn't, you know, try to, like, further you know and you played I played the whole game I probably sat out for like 15 seconds that whole game so yeah it was it was it was tough it was a lot of a lot of pain a lot of pain and then you went and got MRIs and and that's when it it was confirmed it was confirmed that I had a torn ACL um and I bruised my meniscus quite a bit and then my kneecap was like slightly uh dislocated a little bit so yeah I had to get that all fixed up and it was tough. And you said a lot of the um, scholarship offers that you had disappeared. Um, but Coach K stuck with you yeah. and and even came alongside you in a spiritual way. To t- tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, in high school, it started, I want to say, sophomore year, Grace reached out to me, Coach Greg Miller, uh, just kept me under his radar for quite some time. And, you know, I kind of, like, pushed it to the side because at the time my recruitment was – Pretty high in high school. Um, I probably had mid-majors, Division twos, so I kind of like just pushed NAIA to the side a little bit. And then coming up my senior year, I did not know that Grace was still like recruiting me, and they actually was at the game. And um, you know, Coach K called me one night my senior year, and we talked on the phone. He called me. I'll never forget. Ten forty-five at night, and we talked for like two and a half hours. Now, mind you, I have to get up for high school, for class in the morning. <laughs> At, at six o'clock in the morning, but man, I'll never forget it because I was playing the game and you know I I didn't pay no mind. I'm like it's just another coach just trying to call because I mean the recruiting process is pretty tough. It's really tough. 
I um, wouldn't know, but it sounds like it. Yeah, it's yeah. tough. I mean, you got hundreds of coaches calling you, trying to recruit you and say the same thing over and over. But the only thing that the st- that stuck out to me about Coach K was that he was the only coach out of like all the hundreds of coaches that reached out to me. He was the only one that prayed for me. Um, and this was after the accident when I had my surgery. Um, he just prayed that God's will be done for my life and the decisions that I made. And then, um, you know, of course, President Kadup, um took my family and I out to dinner. And that was because of uh, Dan Gordon. He was the one that told him, like, hey, you need to reach out to Martin family. And, you know, I told Dan I was going to give him a shout-out for that one, too. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he reached out to Kadup and told him, you know, like, hey, reach out to Martin's family. Took us out to dinner. And then this was before I even signed. I, it just because they just knew about my story. Then President Kadup, like, he prayed over my family in front of everybody in the restaurant. And that was, like, a big deal to us because, I mean, our faith is what we take, you know, pride in. So, um because of Coach K persistence and offering me a scholarship, even though I knew I wouldn't play my freshman year, that was a big deal. Because I think he said in all his years of coaching, 14 years of coaching, he's never offered a player a scholarship knowing that he wouldn't play his freshman year. So. Wow. So you get to Grace and tell us about that first year. You're not you're not playing, um, but you're you're here. Um, how was that for you mentally to go through the season and and not be able to to be a part of it? Definitely, um, it was it was tough, um, just being the fact that um, I love the game of basketball. So of course, you know, just watching the guys work out, you know, and practice, knowing that I couldn't practice to the fullest extent that I could be. So that was one of the problems I was facing too. Was like I wasn't at my fullest potential, but I was still trying to prove myself to show that I'm, I I can play. And then it got to a point in the season around like January, I could start, you know, doing contact. So of course I wanted to just prove to the coaches like I belong here, you know. Um and that's when I happened to start to come back again. But then again, you know, you can practice but you're still not gonna play in the game. So I still be I was still frustrated with myself. I'm just like, man, like I really want to get on the court and play the game because that's what you practice for. Um, but I wouldn't say that, you know, that was the easiest process because I went through like a like a slight depression. Um, maybe around like November or so I would say. Um, just because, you know, I was I was still rehabbing my leg and it was just tough just watching a lot of my friends back home, you know, they're at their schools playing and, you know, they're getting scholarships left and right and I'm still here just laying in my bed trying to rehab my leg. So I just saw how other people were, you know, excelling in what they were doing. But meanwhile me, I'm still over here trying to get my leg situated. So it was tough, but I mean I I'm thankful for that because I needed that. That really humbled me. So one of the things you said is that uh, that freshman year you really um, became a shooter because I, you know, when I think of Marty Shealy, I think shooter. And you said, well, no, not really. In high school, I was more of a take it to the hoop kind of guy. But you know, when when I couldn't do that for a while, you you sort of reframed your game, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that accident and the injury really shaped my game because. I mean, in high school, like I said, I was always known as a driver. People always knew the back, back and, you know, like just let them try to drive or let them try to shoot. But I think, you know, just watching practice all the time, I would just get jumpers up. The managers would just catch my rebounds. And after a while, I just started to get a, a feel for it. And I started to love shooting jump shots because I didn't like shooting jump shots in high school at all and growing up. But I knew I had to develop a jump shot just being the fact that I'm a smaller guard going against, you know, guys that's in the lane that's six eight and up, you know, it's tough trying to get a shot off. So I knew I had to develop a jump shot. And Coach K told me and Coach Moore told me, like, you know, you got to get a better jump shot. So I just stayed with it. I stuck with it. And next thing you know, I just became a shooter. Hmm. So, 
And then you also ran track and field. Your freshman year um, obviously sat out, and we didn't even have a track here at Grace that year. Um, so that really picked up then your sophomore year as well, right? Definitely. Yeah, it was ooh, it was it was tough my freshman year running just because I still wasn't like a hundred percent. I was probably eighty five. So you were still competing though. Yeah, I was still competing, wow. but I wasn't even my my knee was still swollen from the from the surgery months past, and that was maybe seven to eight months after I had surgery. So I was still trying to tough it out, you know, with track and it was days I had to sit out, you know, just because you know, my knee would start bothering me, or if it started raining outside, you know, my knee would swell up. So I wasn't even at my fullest potential my freshman year, but I still stuck it through. And have had some success on the track as well. In fact, you were just saying you won a meet last Saturday in hail, right? <laughs> or sleet, at least, right? Is that yeah. is that what it was like? Yeah, it was hail, sleet, rain, <laughs> everything that Mother Nature can give, <laughs> honestly, but... So one of the things, you know, uh, you're an athlete and um, you can talk sports and talk basketball, talk track, but um, knowing you, your spiritual life is way more important than, to you than anything you do on the court. Uh, tell me how you've grown spiritually here at Grace. Um, it, started, it started more so my freshman year um, around the time when I started to run track um, just because, like, the first part of my year, I – was so frustrated because I couldn't, you know, play like I wanted to and, you know, be around the guys as much as I wanted to. So in the midst of me being alone and by myself when my guys would be, you know, at a tournament, you know, back home, I mean, you know, around the country or something like that, I had a lot of alone time. And that alone time, I spent a lot of time just in prayer, um, doing a lot of reading. And as I began to pray and read, I started to have this peace um, to know that, you know, at the end of the day, like, it's in God's hands what's going on in my life. And I'm and lately I've been, you know, teaching people about, you know, the wait, the process of waiting on God. And I think that's one of the most important aspects of our faith because it can shape us and form us in the midst of our wait. Um, so I knew for me that waiting process was necessary because I idolized and I put things over God um, before that accident or should I say even freshman year. Um, I just... I idolize basketball. I idolize different friendships. I idolize even video games, just anything before God. I spend my time doing things I knew I shouldn't be doing. Um, so that's why I'm I'm a big advocate about, you know, my faith, just because I know I've been in plenty of situations where the worst things could have happened, but because of God's grace and his mercy, you know, I'm still here um, alive and well. And because I am, I'm, I told God and I promised God after that accident that, I will make his name great through my lifestyle mm -hmm. and what I can do for my life and what he's done with my life. So um, that's why I am the way I am, because I've been through a lot of things in my life where, you know, I could have ended my life or stuff in, in this, that this world has to bring could have ended me. But God's grace kept me here. So, And you, uh, your sophomore year, um, you can be a little bit of an introverted guy. You like time to yourself, but you were kind of thrust into the spotlight um, because of some racial things that had happened on campus. And um, and you embraced that role um, and through it really found your voice in many ways is, is how you put it. Tell me a little bit about that and, and the calling you found. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, of course, you know, the incident happened. Um, and I became, 
when when I heard about it uh, at first, it was six o'clock in the morning when my friend called me. You know, I was just so frustrated because that was the last thing that I would expect um, from that incident. But when I spoke out about it, um, you know, a lot of people thought it was just me, but my father played a, a big role in into why I said what I said on Facebook and, and made that video. Um, he brought me to the story of Esther, and you know how you know Mordecai said, "Like you're, you're prepared for such a time as this." And for the longest before that that incident happened last year, I was still trying to find my purpose and my calling. Like, why did God send me here to Grace College? And it took a year and and a couple months to really find that out. Um, so because of that incident, that's how I found my purpose as far as, you know, speaking speaking out about things that people, you know, wouldn't want to speak out about because, you know, they might be scared of what other people might think. But I'm a big advocate on change. And if you want to promote change, you have to do things outside your comfort zone. And I knew um, I had to do that because I knew it was going to be people that was going to, you know, not like what I had to say. But I knew I wouldn't I, I didn't want to be a person that leave this school and then talk about what needs to be done. Rather, I can be here and try to promote the change because I'm still here. Um, so that's how I found my purpose and my calling was through that incident. Um, and I'm thankful that that happened because it opened up a lot of doors for the school too, um, for us as students to grow. And of course, for myself spiritually to grow too. So, you know, like you said, I was very introverted before that, but now, I mean, I, I'm probably the most extrovert I've ever been in my life just because, you know, it forced me to speak out in public places. So because of that, that's how I kind of like just found my purpose and my calling. So so uh, going forward, and by the way, thank you so much for the way you handled yourself through all of that. Um, working with PR at Grace, I got a front row seat to see you in high pressure situations, filter your words through a biblical worldview and through scripture and speak truth. Um, and it was amazing to see. I mean, it was really obvious that it was um, the Holy Spirit working through you. And uh, I am so thankful you were willing to step up. Um, so you mentioned that calling and, you know, you're a, your business management major, you're going to have your MBA too. sort of like, what do you see down the road, uh, for Marty Sheely? Um, so I, I've always, you can been... always do basketball lessons for my kids. If you, <laughs> I'm, I'm down. <laughs> you're about, I, know, you're, I think you're ready to retire from that one here. They're no, putting... <laughs> no, yeah, it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. But, um, you know, I've always been a business minded person growing up just because, I mean, I've always, had a had a niching for money. Like I always wanted some money. So um, just growing up, I remember my mom. She always said, "Why you always ask for money?" And I'm just like, "Cause I want to do something." But um, I honestly, I you know, I have a couple of internships lined up back home that requires me to have a you know a business type background. So um, you know, I've been put in positions too, even in high school, where like business was the only thing that like I had. So I knew that was God telling me like you know. Maybe you need to go into the business realm. But being the fact that, like, I love to preach, too, it's like I wanted to, like, do, like, the, the biblical studies here, too. But it was hard to do that when I had the NBA because just this way the courses is set up. So, you know, fast forward to maybe 10 years from now, 
I, I would want a you know a business job, a business opportunity where I'm doing like project management because I love like just doing projects and stuff like that and, and working with people. But also, I want to do ministry on the side too. Rather, if that's even in the pulpit or even outside, just helping the homeless or something like that. Like whatever ministry is, because I mean ministry is all it means to serve. So whatever way I can serve people, um, that's that's what I want to do because that's just my heart. I like to help people and see them, you know, grow as a person and as an individual. So awesome. Well, a uh, couple, uh, one of the things we like to do on this podcast sometimes is just ask random questions okay. just to get to know somebody a little bit better and a little bit differently. So I'm going to ask some random questions. I haven't prepped you for this. Oh, so wow. just give your uh, best answer. Okay. So right. um, you get to have dinner with one person that is not Jesus. Um, and it can be somebody in history or somebody current, but you get to have dinner with one person. Um, who is it and why? Oh, wow. That would probably be, um, man, that's a tough question. I would have to go with um, Stephen, the martyr. Yeah, and Acts. Um, because I wanted to know, like, how did you just endure what you went through like getting stoned, but still kept the faith. Um, Cause that's one of my favorite characters in the Bible, mm. Stephen. And I'm just like, dude, like, how did you do that? Like, he was a man of great faith, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I think like that's one of the biggest things that I try to emphasize in my life is like, how do you become so full of the Holy Spirit where he can just guide and direct you in so many different ways and avenues? So I probably have a full course meal with him and just just get to know him. So what's on that menu with Stephen? What are some of the the favorite foods of Marty? Well, everybody know I love I love fried chicken, so that's like my biggest thing. But steak, gotta have some steak. So and this is like a full meat meal, okay? Yes, with some yeah. potatoes. <laughs> oh, okay. Some mashed potatoes. <laughs> so. Um. All right. So uh, a book that you highly recommend or that you would give to other people. You say this is the one book besides the Bible mm. um, that you would say. Hey, you got to read this. It's the book that I'm reading right now. It's called Crushing uh, by T.D. Jakes. And it talks about um, like going through the weight and what it means, to, what how how significant the weight is and knowing the worth of waiting on God and what you have to go through. And then he often emphasizes, too, a lot of times people think that, you know, the enemy always um, allows bad things to happen. But God does, too, because if you look in the story of Job. God allowed him to go through what he went through. So sometimes we always try to, you know, think that it's the enemy, but it's just, the God, it's just God trying to form us and shape us in the midst of us going through, you know, trials and tribulations in our lives. So, All right, so uh, Crossroads League tournament, or uh, league play, tour tournament play, what's like the one team that you like really get up for and you're hyped to play and to beat? Indiana Wesleyan. Hands down, Indiana Wesleyan. Just, I've always had a thing for Indiana Wesleyan. Like I just, there's just something about that team. I'm just like, I just want to beat them. So next year, man, I'm probably gonna have the best game of my life against Indiana Wesleyan. There you so, go. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you run multiple track events. What's your favorite event to run and why? 200 meter dash, hands down. Um, because a lot of people think since I'm short, I'm super super quick and my speed come in fast, but I. I run like I'm like six six, like Usain Bolt. My my speed comes in later in the race, so the hundred's too short for me. Even though I'm pretty decent at it, but the two hundred, I got more than enough time to kind of like pick up my speed and maintain it, and 
you know, catch a couple people if I can. So. And you come from a family of track stars, right? Your Definitely. dad, Division One track athlete, uncles, all sorts of track going on in the Sheely family. Yes, a lot. Well, thanks for being here on the Grace Story podcast. We really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you for what you've meant to our campus. And of course, you can download this wherever you might find it on Google Play or on iTunes. Make sure you like it, share it, get others the opportunity to hear from Marty and the other guests we've been able to have on here and live your best Grace Story today.